This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the very best media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And have you ever wondered what it's like to be a realtor working in the high net worth luxury space? Well, in just a moment, we're going to find out and we're going to be speaking with Maggie Ives from Florida, who is one of the top realtors in the entire country. And she is going to share exactly how she got involved in real estate and how she grew her business to where it is today. Before we get to Maggie, uh, just a couple of quick reminders. Please tell a friend. Think of one other real estate professional that could benefit from hearing from top producers like Maggie and let them know about our podcast. You can always send them over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode we've ever done, you can stream right from your browser. Or if the person you're sending our show to is a podcast person, have them pull up a podcast app and search for Keeping It Real. Uh, Hit that subscribe button so they can get all of our episodes as we deliver them. And also, please follow us on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now on to our interview with Maggie Ives. Today on the show, we have Maggie Ives from Premier Sotheby's International Realty in Naples, Florida. Uh, Now, Maggie is a results-driven, licensed real estate professional specializing in Port Royal and Old Naples. As a Southwest Florida native, her local expertise is invaluable. Her, through understanding of the area, its history, current trends, gives her an advantage in putting together the right deal for her clients. Now, combined with over 30 years of successful corporate sales and customer service, Maggie uh, ranks among the top concierge realtors buying and selling high-end luxury real estate in the Naples area. She has built her reputation on providing a seamless experience to her clients, and she guides them uh, through the many steps of a transaction to a successful closing. Now, please, everyone visit Maggie's website, which she just recently redid, and it looks beautiful. It's Maggie Ives, which is I-V-E-S, so MaggieIves.com, and follow her on Instagram at Maggie Ives Realtor. Maggie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's amazing to be here. Thank you. I am so excited to have you. We, It's funny, out, out of all of the episodes we've done over the years, um, it's it's so interesting. I really, I was thinking about this just the other day. I really rarely have had on agents who specialize in the luxury market. We've had some on over the years, but not as many as um, I always find luxury real estate to be so particularly interesting because it just seems so exclusive and untouchable. And it just seems like a whole different world. So I'm really excited to sort of explore uh, that part of the conversation at some point. But I always always like to start at the very beginning of the journey and um, would love to hear about 
you know, how you transitioned from, from corporate sales in, into real estate. Um, so can you take us back sort of how that decision got made? So I went to work for a builder, one of the top builders in Naples, building in Port Royal and Old Naples and uh, along Gulf Shore Boulevard Drive, condos, redoing condos. And I opened their estate management division and I was the director and I had my license at that time. And they were building spec homes as well. So I was helping with the spec homes and then I was running the estate management division. So after about four years of that, I decided that I really was full on sales while state management was wonderful and I learned so much. I wanted to move into selling real estate and connecting people to homes. But all of my clients, I had about 45 clients. They were all in Old Naples and Port Royal. So I was managing multi-million dollar homes sure. at the time and I had a team of five. So it got I got very used to running these homes, seeing these homes, understanding the homes. And that has been a huge benefit to selling them because I understand them. I know vendors. I understand how it works, what it takes to run them. I understand the client and how they need to be serviced. So that's just kind of, I just transitioned from state management right into Sotheby's in that same area and started connecting people directly to homes. Yeah, it makes sense. And it sounds like with the sort of property management side of it or the management side, you really got an understanding of what the luxury client is looking for, what they need, how they are different maybe than you know, uh, traditional buyers and sellers uh, on uh, who are not in the luxury space. Um, and also what's so interesting about, about Florida to me is Florida is, is a state where there are so many real estate agents. I think it's I think it's the second most, um, there's the second most number of licenses outside of California, I think is Florida. So there is no shortage of realtors in, in, uh, in Florida, but um, there's probably not a whole lot of them that can really satisfy the luxury client. Um, and I know there's a lot of our audience because we get the, we get feedback all the time about, hey, I would love to participate in the luxury space. Um, we have 750 realtors here at our own firm. All of them would also like to participate in, in the luxury space, but it is a very difficult space to, to, um, to sort of find a, a, and service. Um, so I'm, I'm genuinely curious about sort of, if, if you won't mind sharing some of those you know, like maybe how that's different than a traditional retail client who doesn't play in the luxury space. So my client, it's their second, third, fourth, or, or fifth home or condo, always. Their focus is always on their children and their grandchildren and the experience that they are going to have in Naples, Florida. Sure. They, um, it's always about an investment for them as well. So it has to be good in the portfolio. It has to, you know, crease and, you know, it has to be good investment, um, plenty of space for everybody. I apologize for the noise. Oh no, you're fine. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Um, so, and they they have a team. They always have yeah. a team. So, a lot of times you have to know how to deal with the team. They have full time assistants. They have full time managers or state managers. Um, their lawyer and their brokerage firm is assisting them. Their accountant. So you have to understand that the principal is in the middle, and you're most of the time dealing with the team around them being directed. So 
it's a totally different type of sale. The less you say is more, the less you say is better. Sure. Um, and then you have to be very good at communicating, listening, and being able to connect them to where they want to go. You have to feel them almost and, and really listen and then hone in. They're not the kind of client where you send them 50 properties or 20 properties. <laughs> right. It has to be specific if, if, and you're not listening. I mean, you need to listen, like this is what they want. And people say, you know, buyers are liars, which is, you know, I never it's say- It's a crazy that. thing to say. Yeah. I listen to them always and just try to follow their lead. So I, my client and my world is the hero and I am the guide and I am taking them through this process to get to the end and get them safe in their very new space for their families so they can build memories all the while building their portfolio. And also too, it's it's interesting because your clients do have other properties. Uh, as you mentioned, sometimes this may be their fifth uh, property. And so they have a certain um, expectation about how, uh, you know, how the realtor should interact with them, with also their team. So in some ways, you know, and I've also interviewed other agents um, on our, on our show who have sort of similar, um, they're in the luxury space and they've, they've said similar things. And, and I would think for me as somebody who, who isn't an actively producing broker, but certainly um, is, is in that world, it seems to me to be a, a very difficult thing to navigate because you have to appease not only only the, the client, um, but also all of their team members, all of which have different personalities, different functions, different jobs. Um, and, and trying to, to be a good connector, as you said, is, is got to be a, a, one of the big challenges, I would assume, because there's a lot of people in the decision-making chain, I'm guessing, and, and your, your help trying to help navigate through all of that. So I imagine that could be quite complicated. It is. It, it is. And they're, they're moving. They're flying in on their jets. Yeah. They're flying out on their jets. They're here for three days. They don't have the normal constraints of a regular person. So they're always on the move. And you have to be very careful if you're emailing or texting, you know, what is their preferred or the phone communication? Like, what do they like the best? And um, how do they like to be communicated with? What is their time frame? What are their goals? And But you can't ask them too many questions, but you have to ask the right ones in the right way. Um, you always dressed, you're always in a dress, you're always in heels. My real estate partner is always in a suit. I mean, no matter what we're doing, they, and they, they come in shorts and their little collared shirt, you know, and whatever they want to wear and they're in their, whatever, it doesn't matter. You are always dressed. My car is always clean. I have a brand new car every year. Um, you know, it's always, it has a Yeti in the back. It always has waters and special things for anybody that might need it. Cause I'm running clients to the private airport or just kind of anything they need to do. And that's the other thing is that once you're in this circle, you don't go away. You stay, you drive them to a doctor's appointment. If they need it, you pick up the phone and you stay in touch with them all the time. You birthday cards. Um, one of my clients just had a grandbaby. I sent a get $150 gift and I had it custom to them and, you know, with a card. And, um, so it's just, very, uh, I had a client that referred me $13 million for the business. So I flew to Atlanta. I bought a $2,000 Hermes blanket that I knew would be perfect in the home out North, um, park city and delivered it to her with a thank you note, you know, so it's just a whole other world. I have, um, 
a restaurant down in Naples that I love and I book the wine room out and I have brunch on Sundays and I handpick clients. I create experiences for them and that helps keep them in the nest, but you keep them. It's your, your, you become part of their team. So you can't ever cross the line. You're never them. You're never them. I have a, a, a billionaire client and her assistant, his assistant told me one time as she was getting on his jet, as I'd driven him to the airport, she said, every time she gets up to go on the plane, she says, this might be the last time I'm climbing on this plane. <laughs> she never know, you know, and he's sure. a wonderful man, but you just, you just never know, you know, you just, it's just that, that, that group. So you're know, very, very hard to service them. Stock refrigerators, um, yeah, do anything. And they ask you to do all sorts of crazy things and you just do it. You just do it. So yeah, I would imagine those, those clients tend to be delegators uh, often because of course they have a team. Um, and it, and I'm curious too, is, is it ever common? Does it ever happen where the actual client prior to purchasing a property with you might just send their team in advance or may not even ever see the property uh, in person, or do usually the, does the client actually come to, to, to sur- survey the property before, uh, before purchasing? So I would say 65% survey it and the rest and a team ahead, always, you know, ahead. So that's a, that's a great question. Yeah. They're usually, so time is the most valuable thing they have Sure. and everybody has the same amount of time. So my goal is to save them time. And for example, like when you go into an inspection, normally you get an inspection report, you read it, you look at it. You're like, well, the water here, when you get an inspection report for this client, it goes to their lawyer. It sure. goes to my contractor that I pay in Naples. I'd say, here's this inspection, go through it with a fine tooth comb. It goes to their lawyer. They redline it. Like, so you're paying, whether you have a buyer or seller, there's a lot of money going out. I'm not paying his lawyer, but I'm paying my contractor because you just have to be cut. What's important. What's not important. Who needs to deliver the message to the client or to the team about what the issues are in the house and how we should fix them or what we should do. And, you know, it's, and, and it's protecting them. They have to be protected. You can't put them in a home without making sure that everything is ship shape. And if it's not, they know about it and you have to have a solution. Like, sure. You know, these three bathrooms can be remodeling, but and once I imagine some of you know these high net worth clientele that 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 you uh, that you service, I imagine that of course they they know each other. I I can only assume the referrals that that come from doing a good job with these clients um, is just unbelievable. Why I assume that 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 you get referred, I, I would assume to to many many clients in the same space. I do. I'm very very fortunate that way. And it was a long time coming. I mean, even though I transitioned, I had these clients in estate management, it was quite the transition to wear a different hat full time and, um, you know, transition to that. Um, and, and, and all my, a lot of my state, I mean, I had 66 or four, I had a lot, they already had realtors, you know, they're already dealing with other people. So it was, you know, just who I could stay on with and who I couldn't. And, and a lot of lunches, I will tell you, a lot of lunches, more lunches than anything, but dinners, breakfasts, you know, just staying in front of people. And you're also a data gatherer. They want data. They want information. What's going on with the Four Seasons in Naples? What's this? What's that? So I spend a minimum of 30 minutes a day, every day, 
you know, what's the new data, what's happening, what's being built. And then I spent a lot of time talking to other realtors in my group. What you got? What's going on? Who's this? What's this happening here? You know, and just, and I, um, so every day I try to make 10 phone calls and two out of the 10 phone calls are to realtors, even no matter what brokerage. Hi, how's it going? How are your sales? How are you feeling? How's your family? So uh, it took me a while to figure out that other realtors are just as important as your clients. Sure. So. Well, it, it, it's interesting too, because, and I want to flip over to, to the sell side for just a moment, because I, what you said just um, sparked a, a memory of mine where when I was first, I think we only had maybe 15 realtors at our company. We have a lot more now. Uh, one of them got a, I think like a five or a six million, uh, maybe it was somewhere between four and $6 million property to, to list in the suburbs of Chicago, which is obviously a very nice listing, I'm, I'm sure. And I said, wow, you know, when I heard about this, I said, I'm not a practicing agent, so I don't really know what goes into to a lot of um, that. And certainly I didn't know, I knew even less back then, but I said, wow, what an amazing listing this is, you know, and I calculated the commission and oh my gosh, it was so much money. And I said, you're, you're going to just crush it. And she goes, actually, these are very difficult to sell. And she goes, you don't just throw these on the MLS and wait for the buyers to, to come walking in. And mm -hmm. I said, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense because there aren't that many people that are just waiting for a $5 million home to go on the market. And when it hits the MLS, they get automatically, you know, sent those emails. She said, no, what, what I have to do as the listing agent is I actually have to kind of find the buyer. And so what she was saying was, was something you were mentioning was talking to other realtors. So when she would get these big listings, she goes, I am pretty much the person who finds the buyer, even though she's not paid to do that. She's like, I am calling every realtor I know who has clients who, who can afford properties like this. And I'm like, you have to come check this out. She goes, otherwise it kind of just sits there. And so I'm curious if, if it's sort of similar uh, with some of these luxury properties for you is, is how in important is it as the listing agent for you to really source the buyers? Very important. Listings are, <laughs> listings are, that is a big, big deal in my market. It is, you've got to manage the seller. Yeah. And it's always about the portfolio, the money. It's the bottom line. It's all, I mean, it's so business oriented and you, you are on the phone with them once a day, if not every other day, talking to them, encouraging them. Every single time a person comes through, you have to call them and let them know what happened. You know, it's just a tremendous amount of management there. And then you're hundred percent right. I mean, I bring in a drone from Miami and we do a whole drone video. Then I have the whole photographer. Then the floor plans are about a thousand dollars, especially if you do color, sometimes more. Um, everything you write has to be perfect. Then you're paying for the wall street journal to go in, you know, you're paying for sure. all the ads it's going in magazines, goal for life. Um, and then sometimes we do the video portfolios out of Miami where I send the video and they make a book out of it. So you can just open the book and you send it to certain people, you know, but to, that's a long way of saying other agents are unbelievably valuable in a listing. I sure. show up on every single listing, no matter what it is. Even if I'm like at 500,000 or 899, I'm always there and I go to school on the house. So you know it inside and out and you know it cold. And then I memorize an introduction, like when they walk through the door, welcome to this, blah, 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 blah. This is the bottom floor. I give a brief overview. And I step back, you know, would you like to tour? Some people want me to lead a tour. And I always walk through and do the tour almost like theater. I love theater in high school. And that's really come into play because it's almost like a, 
a play, you know, walking them through and letting them know. And then we do beautiful books to give everybody that comes that are beyond Sotheby's that has the highlights and talks in depth about the property. So if they're interested, they've got everything at their fingertips to go through. And that takes, that's money and time. And, you know, my full-time assistant does that. So, um, but yeah, listings oh, and it's expensive I, on average, a listing in Naples, I mean, anywhere from a thousand to, Oh God, 15,000 just for a listing. Wow. Just in marketing and getting it ready. Just, to, just getting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have a real estate partner and I often bring him in. The optics are very good. If it's a girl and a guy sure. on this level, some men just want to talk to men, some men, some, you know, somebody wants to talk to a woman. The houses are so big. It's nice to be able to split up on the showings. So just, you, you know, it's funny too. Um, thank you. That That is such great information for our, our audience, because I think even though not everyone, uh, not every realtor plays in, in the in the luxury space. Um, a lot of lessons from from what you just mentioned really can be applicable to to other types of homes. And I, I you know, I wanted to ask you. You talked about you know this being you know when you go through the and, and do the the tour and the showings, you're there with with the buyer's agent and the client and the potential client. Um, and you're, I assume you're you're telling the story of this of this estate oh. or this property. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and building memory. Yes. It's tricky because you want them to build memories. So, sure. so you don't want to talk too much about who used to live there. Um, we also really stage it out. Like everybody, nothing personal. We try to remove every single personal item in the home, which can be difficult. Um, sometimes we pre-stage it for every single showing and then we have to scramble and put everything back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because you want them to see yeah. their pictures there and they, you know, just, see themselves there. Um, so that's, that's, that's a little tough, but, um, yeah, you are telling the story. There's, there's one agent in Naples that she names her homes. Oh, I, I love that. thought about that for a while. Um, she puts it home. And so, and then her books, she titles, you know, she says, this is the beach beach day home on. And so every home, and that's how she has in her catalog. That's how, so that's, that's an interesting approach. It's, it's not mine. I don't, it's too, it's too serious for that for me to sell somebody's home. It's, it's too, it's too important, but she's done. I'm not saying her naming them isn't important. It just puts a little fun we'll add a touch. Yeah. That, that I don't feel like is there when you're moving that kind of property, but it is, it, it lends itself to her personality, not to mine, I should say. But you, you also said something really, really important. And it reminded me of one of the top agents here in Chicago who I had on the show years, a few years ago, or actually I apologize, or no, I did have her on the show a few years ago. And uh, we have about 44,000 agents in Chicago and she's in the top 10, uh, uh, you know, as far as production, very successful play also in, in the luxury space um, predominantly. And I asked her, this is, this is so funny. You'll get such a kick out of this. I said, well, what, what's your secret? Um, and, and, you know, and not that there is a secret, but what are you doing that you think other agents, in other words, what I asked her not about being in the luxury space, but I said, why do you think your production is so much higher than other agents? And she said the, the funniest thing, or at least I thought it was funny because I, I assumed it was just something everybody did. She said, and this is, goes back to what you had said earlier. She said, well, I call all of my clients at least once a week and, and let them know, you know, what's going on with the property. And, and I said, 
okay, well, what else? You know? And she, she said, no, that's, that's pretty much it. And I'm sure there's a lot more things that she does, of course, um, with her expertise and her marketing, but she said, DJ, you would be shocked at how many, how many agents don't do that. And I think there's a lesson there for all of, all of our listeners. And, you know, you contact your clients every day and, oh. and that's what, that's what they need and deserve. But I suspect there's agents who don't even call their clients once a week. Um, and, and that just is shocking to me uh, when, you know, whether they're buying or selling and, and not, you know, letting them know here's what's going on. And I guess you probably have the, uh, the, the opinion, if the age, if the client has to call you, you've probably failed them at some point because you're so proactive in calling them. Yeah, that def- she's right. That's definitely a difference. You communication, um, being able to, is huge. It's just, you've got to communicate. You know, I want to say too, to realtors, um, Every market has its challenges, but there's one agent here in Naples and she works in an area called Golden Gate and their homes range anywhere from 300,000 to 995. They're single family homes. They're on big pieces of land. Um, People are like, Golden Gate's way out there. They're like two, two and a half acres. And um, she made almost a million dollars last year in Golden Gate. And she just has two full-time assistants. She has a wonderful marketing girl. She doesn't wear like dress up like I do, but she has khakis and a super clean outfit and loafers. And she shows up every time. She does not talk to them every day when she's listing, but she has a whole program that they get updated, you know, a different, that kind of client seller needs a different type of communication and she just kills it out there. And so I remember hearing about her a couple of years ago and I just thought, you can make you can do a great job in any market. Like it's yeah. just, and I can't do her market. I, I I can't, I pull my hair out. I mean, they have a millions of questions and it's so tricky and the houses are tricky and there's wonky things happening and the land is huge and, and there's sewer and there's wells and there's, it's very complicated out there. I think her job is much harder than mine and they need more help. Her clients need a lot more help you know, getting things done and title companies and they have budgets. So they can't pay the thousand dollars for the lawyer. And the t- you know, they need somebody with 350 that's going to do their job well. And sometimes I think that's even more talent. So I would just like to say that any realtor out there, whatever market you're working, whatever price point, you can kill it. You can just, you can just kill it. If you're, if you know that's your jam, then, and you know, you're in the right spot, then just get it down and go for it. Yeah, there's millions to be made. There, there is, and and systems, right? And so you have amazing systems to ensure that your clients are getting the 100%. the feedback uh, and the communication that that they want and that they deserve. Um, and you, you know, you said this at the beginning, and it's so funny. I, I'm I'm so curious because in in the luxury space, I, I would love, I really want to ask this question. And I, there's no right or wrong answer, obviously, but I'm just genuinely curious. When you show up to a listing appointment, and let's say it's a client that isn't necessarily a strong referral, it isn't a slam dunk uh, victory for getting the listing. You have to win the listing. When you show up. Um, you know, some agents, although I think this is less common these days, but maybe in the luxury space, it isn't, um, used to say years ago, well, you show up with a blank pad of paper, you ask a million questions, you write down and you don't need a presentation. And then other agents are like, you absolutely need a presentation. You need some sort of, you know, visual guide to show here's what I do. And I'm curious when you meet with, with a potential, uh, seller, um, you know, are you bringing material there? Are you just having an informal conversation? What's your process? 
So I get the referral and then immediately we restart researching the person, the property, there's a whole, and then I have a special place that I pay a lot of money that I can really research the person, like where they volunteer, what they like to do. They like horsebacking, back riding. I mean, it's so um, where they donate their money, um, how long they've lived in Illinois. So I do a whole in-depth study on how many properties they have everything. So we get that down. And then if I'm lucky enough, I try to speak to the client on the phone the, before the listing. And I try to ask just a few questions, just as many as I can. A lot of times they want to tell you something that they think is important. All sure. that's very valuable. When I have that conversation, it's very quiet. It's behind a closed door and I'm very concentrated. I'm not like walking to the grocery store or anywhere or I'm it's sitting in my car with pen and paper. So once I get that, that leads, you know, if they ask me something, then I'm, then I'm onto it. So two days before the listing or sometimes three, I send beautiful flowers, especially if it's a husband and wife from Kaleidoscope on fifth Avenue. It's beautiful. It's $200. And I have a beautiful listing packet from Sotheby's and I put the, I've had it custom done. It has my biography and it has an entire marketing plan that I'm going to do for their home. And that changes from client to client to client because everything's different. It changes with, changes with COVID, you know, there's nothing, it has to be redone every single time I go to a listing. So it's custom for them. So they get this package from me, they read about me, then they read about their marketing plan. That's so, they're dying to know like how I'm gonna list their house. Sure. They talk about what Sotheby's can do for them and portfolio and everything. So I have a driver that's dressed and they deliver all that to them and it's all wrapped in a big bow with the beautiful flowers. So by the time you show up, I've done all of my homework. Sure. I need to know what it's worth. I kind of know where we're going price wise. They've read all about Sotheby's, all about me, all about the marketing plan. Sometimes I'll have things circled or arrowed, like what about this? What about this? And you know, please talk to me a little bit more about this. Um, and so really when you get there after all of that, I just relax. And I say, would you kindly take me on a tour of your beautiful home? And then it just comes alive. They walk me all through their home up and down and they just want to show the whole thing off. And then we sit down and we usually talk about price and kind of, and I get a feel for what they're thinking. And then we talk it out a little bit and then they'll say, sometimes you get hired, but sometimes they'll say, you know what? We're going to go move with you right now. I always have a listing agreement with me. It's already written out. Sure. I only fill in the price and then of course exclusions, you know, but it's all there. It's ready to go. And I also have that to hand that to them. Well, they get it in the pre-listing packet so they can read the contract before I get there. So nothing's a surprise. Sometimes they say they're going to think about it and get back to me. Um, it just depends. And then I follow up with more questions um, the next day of the day, before, you know, how was, you know, just following up. And I usually do that by email because you don't want to be invasive. Sure. And then you just go and you get it or you don't get it. You know, Maggie, we, I've interviewed hundreds of, of realtors on this show. And I think I'm all, I have the world's worst memory, but I'm pretty confident <laughs> that that's the first time that I have heard uh, somebody sending that information before the listing appointment. And it is one of the smartest things I've, I've ever heard. And I think that can also apply to non-luxury clientele, or I think anyone, and you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a $200 uh, bouquet of flowers. If, if it's a lower commission, that doesn't make sense price-wise um, for a realtor's marketing budget, but boy, 
that would, that would sure impress me if I was a seller and somebody even just said, Hey, I'm sending over a packet of information and, you know, maybe a, a little house plant or, or something. It doesn't even have to be necessarily anything important, but just to receive that, it, I want you to take a look at, at this ahead of time so that when I show up, you might have a little bit of a better understanding and, uh, you know, of what I offer. And then we can, you know, boy, that is such a smart idea. And I think any realtor should, should, and could do that to some version of that. Um, and I wonder what percentage of realtors actually do it. It's got to be less than 1%, I bet. So really? um, well, I, I, I don't know. Um, it's the first time I've heard it on really? the show. And, we, and we've had on, you know, big, big producers um, over the years. And again, maybe they just didn't talk about it. But what an amazing tip. And I suspect uh, not something that is as, as common as, as you know, you do it. So, you, you know, it's second nature to you, but what a smart, smart idea. So everyone listening or watching, uh, you know, and, and I want to go back to something that you said once, and then we sort of moved past it. But I think this is really important. You talked about really doing your, your, your research on the person to know what are, what are their interests? You know, I mean, even LinkedIn, uh, again, I, I don't know that your clients really play yeah. LinkedIn, but, but again, even just for the average working class person has a LinkedIn profile. It talks about sort of at least their professional life. Uh, obviously social media can let you know more about, about their social life and their family life um, and their interests. But I love that you sort of create a dossier on that person. And I imagine that helps in conversation where you can even just appear to know a lot about the person, which of course you do. And that is incredibly impressive to any individual. Um, whenever, you know, someone meets them say, Hey, I know that you're really into this. Does that come up a lot in conversations where you're able to talk about that information um, that you know about them? Yes. I'm careful with it. Mm -hmm. Very, 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 of course, or I'll lead to it. I'll, you know, lead to it. And the other thing I want to say is usually the day before I go, like the night before, like around five, six o'clock, I always email the client and just say, I'm looking forward to the next day, reminding them of the time. And then I send them a virtual, you know, I send them a virtual book. So what I sent them in the mail, they can look on online for any reason too. So it's the same thing. I have it all scanned in. And um, so it's just another way that they can they can get it and see it. And, and you have to have it anyway, because you have to send it to, you know, other people need to see it, house managers, or I don't know, sure. just you have to put, um, thank you for that. That's really nice. It really works. It definitely, definitely works. So Well, everybody wants the luxury experience, even if they're not, you know, in the luxury space. And I think if people are realtors are listening, you know, treat your clients as if they're the most important client, which obviously Maggie, you do. And because they are, and, and, um, are. and it should be for every realtor, uh, whatever the price point is. And if you treat them, like if you give them the four seasons experience, especially if there's somebody that isn't a four seasons type of person in their own private personal life, boy, I can't imagine that would ever go wrong. Um, it's, it's everybody wants a luxury experience. And as realtors, we have the opportunity to, to do our best to give that to someone. Um, and, and I think that's a, an amazing lesson um, for, uh, for, for all of our audience to hear. And um, oh, I wanted to, before we wrap up, you, we were, Maggie and I were chatting before we got started and she goes, can I talk about some books that I really enjoy? And I love that. So do you mind sharing a couple of the titles that have really helped you in your business or just books you'd recommend our audience to check out? So um, Ninja Selling by Larry Kendall. I've been to two Ninja trainings. 
So if anybody has that ability, just go online. It's a tremendous course. It changed me completely in 2018. It was amazing. So um, it's called Ninja Selling. So if you can't get to the course, just read the book, but it's excellent. And the tape- It's like, yeah. And Ninja Selling has been all the rage for years now. And from what uh, top agents tell me, so many of them say it's the gold standard in, in training. Um, it's so I, I, you know, I'm not affiliated with, with Ninja, but boy, I have just heard it time and time again. So everyone should, should at least go get the book. Yes. If you can. And then the go giver is excellent. Um, I'm sure many of you have read that already, but I don't care. It's a great little book. It's a fast read, but every word of it is phenomenal. And then another book that I love is called into the magic shop. And it's a wonderful book about a neurosurgeon and how he befriended when he was a boy, a woman in a magic shop. And he, she taught him how to think, how to meditate, how to separate emotions from his brain so he could go on and become a neurosurgeon. He was very poor and it was a tough childhood. And he learned how to hold space and think and concentrate. And I think that's really essential in our business to hold space for people and let them talk. I have a wonderful coach. I coach with the Life Coach School, Brooke Castillo. She's excellent. She has a free podcast. It's out every Thursday. She completely changed my life. And you can just listen to her free podcast and get anything out of it that you want. But she's a very clear thinker, very focused. And she's taught me how to listen to other people which it's all down to communicating. And of course, you know, Chris Voss never split the difference. He's the top sure. FBI yeah. negotiator. Jerry Metcalf loves him, but I've read his book. I've listened to his tapes and I've coached with his group. You know, um, it's, it's, it's so, I'm, I'm sorry, just to, to no? I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I always forget about that book because it's not specifically a real estate book, but it is a book about negotiation and uh, and again, realtors, what, what do they do? They negotiate. So this is, it's a, it's a must read. I never thought about that. And thank you for bringing that up because everyone should go get that book as well. Yes. Wait for, you want the no, you want the no. As soon as you get the no, I was, had a listing for 6.6. I'll just say really fast, 6.6 sure. million dollar listing. And we were just in there and I was on my seventh showing and the gentleman said, I could tell he and his wife really loved it. They lived in the neighborhood and he said, well, and he said, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. And I said to myself, okay. There's all the no's. Now let's get to the yes. And then I said, da, 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 da. And he looked at me and he went, show me the golf cart garage. And I was like, okay. And we walked back out. I pushed the clicker. It went up. He looked at it. He said, I can get one golf cart there, one golf cart there, the three cars there. And I had an offer in 30 minutes. That's he had amazing. to get all the no's out. And so normally in the, before I read Chris's book, I'd hear no's and I would, I would think it was over. Sure. I heard his no's. I thought we're more in and that in sales that made me go, okay, we're headed towards the yes. Let's help him get there. So instead of my brain shutting off and going, okay, my next listing, I went, oh, here we go. Let's get the yes. Well, and you probably hear the word no a lot and not because of anything you haven't done correctly or, 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 it, but just because these are people who are used to being, I imagine very exacting. Um, they have very specific, um, uh, um, uh, standards. And, and so the word no, isn't necessarily a bad word because they're used to seeing something that maybe isn't perfect saying no. And then somebody maybe part of their team or somebody goes, we can get that fixed. We can, we can make this work. And so I imagine the word no is, isn't uncommon in, in your world at all. It's not, it's not. And once they say no, you can tell they're so relieved 
that they can start to think. Like they're like, okay, I'm off the hook. I said, no, now, what am I really thinking? Can I afford, you know, what am I, where am I going to move money from? You know, and then because they're off the hook and their wives are like, okay. And then the magic happens. So anyway, oh, I love that that. don't be afraid of the, no, it's funny. I was, we were at, my girlfriend was getting, uh, was looking to buy a car. We were down visiting my parents for mother's day, um, uh, this last weekend. And so they, we all went out to this car dealership where my, where my father's friends with the owner. And so I suspect we probably got, you know, nice treatment and the manager came over and, and, you know, there was no, there was going to be no negotiation, which of course in car sales is usually the most uncomfortable and the worst part. Cause you feel like you're getting ripped off and it just feels uncomfortable. And so he's like, he's like, guys, you know, here's what I can do. And what he said, because there was no real negotiation, um, and he showed us all the numbers and he said, you know, I don't, he goes, just so you know, whether you buy the car or not, he's like, it really doesn't matter that much to me. He goes, we're giving you this friends and family discount. So quite frankly, this doesn't even make our, our dealership a whole lot of money, but, but just, you know, if you see something better out there, he's like, please call me. He goes, I'll tell you whether it's a good, a good deal to buy that from another. He goes, doesn't really matter. He's like, I've known, you know, he said to my parents, I've known your parents for 30 years. He's, he's like, I just want to help you. He goes, if you don't buy it through me, that's okay. We deal with rejection all day long. And I thought, boy, that was one of the smartest sales pitches I've ever heard because it made me want to give him that business because I thought, oh, all you ever want in, in a service person is somebody that you trust and that you like. And, and I now trusted and liked him. And in an industry car sales, which doesn't typically have a lot of trust, right? We, we always kind of walk in going, I think I'm getting screwed. Um, or at least you're worried that you might be getting screwed. And so I, I think what, what you just said is, is so important because this idea of, 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 you know, listening to somebody and, and getting to a level where they trust you because you're telling them the truth, um, mm. and, and going above and beyond is, is probably the most important part is, is, I'm, is what I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Every day I wake up and, and when I do my writings and say my prayers and I just say, you know, who can I serve today? How can I serve? Find somebody that I can help today. And that's, that's that ninja, that's ninja selling, you know, serving. Let's, let's go, let's help somebody. And if I get to the end of the day and I haven't helped somebody, I usually get in a Starbucks line and, you know, pay for the person behind me. I'm like, okay, I did something for somebody today. So, but yeah, it's a great story about the car. I sold cars for about seven years at Lexus. So I understand that was a really good selling ground. We had a guy named Jack Jewel and he taught me a trick he when you had clients and they were really close to buying and they're like oh, blah, 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 blah. so then i would always say to them oh i would say guess what we're giving away today we're giving away ice cream and i would have really wonderful boxes of ice cream and then you'd give them the ice cream in this special bag and then they'd have to go home they couldn't go shop you oh i love that <laughs> and then i would always call them when they got home and i was like thank you so much for coming in da, 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 da. and their kid was usually eating the ice cream and then we'd usually put the deal together Oh, I love that. What, is, what a home. smart idea. <laughs> That's an old, old car trick, but I incorporated it and it really, it really worked for me. And I love it. Ben and Jerry's. So. Well, yeah. So maybe if you have a listing and you're doing an open house or something, give everyone ice cream on the way out. So they have to go home. Oh my God, <laughs> well, Maggie, I could talk to you all day. You were, you were just a, a wonderful realtor. Of course, you're an amazing success. You were actually referred to us from one of our other guests, Chris, uh, who we recently had. In fact, I think I just pushed his episode live today. So funny, funny. Um, uh, and we are so grateful to have you and I really love your, um, 
you being able and willing to share the experience of working in the luxury space, it is it is absolutely clear to me uh, why you uh, thrive in that space and why you're so successful. And I would, would also just mention, um, because we have so many realtors from all over the country that listen to our show, you know, if you have high net worth luxury clientele, or just really anyone that may want to move to Naples, and you, of course, maybe don't service that area because you're in a different state or a different part of even Florida, and you want your clients to work with Maggie or somebody that she knows that she can uh, refer to, um, how should our agents get in touch with you if they have someone for you? I would love to speak to any agent for any reason, and you can call me direct, 239-910-910. 2581. Um, Chris Reed with Ardor SEO did my website. He's amazing. It has he is amazing. And he's incredible. And if you go right to my website, maggieives.com, my phone number's there, my email's there. It's super easy to get in touch with me from there. We've designed it so anybody can reach me. And please, I would love to hear from you for any reason about anything. I, I, I love talking to my fellow realtors. It's amazing. So... Well, it's very generous of you and you will probably get some emails and phone calls from Great. our audience and hope hopefully, so. uh, yeah. And, and, you know, one thing we didn't really talk about, um, but I, the reason I brought that up is, is since, you know, Maggie plays in the space where her clientele often have other homes in other parts of the country or in different countries, the relationship she has with other real estate professionals is really critical because it's a real two-way street where I imagine you're sending, you know, your, your clients to other realtors when they're looking in other areas. Uh, and of course, vice versa. So please get in touch with her. Um, let's build those, those relationships between realtors. It is a cooperative, uh, you know, industry, or at least it should be. Uh, so let's, let's do that. So on behalf of our audience, we want to thank Maggie for continue for being on our show, spending time with us, which I know she does not have. She is that busy. She is that successful. And she found time for us. We're so grateful for that. And on behalf of Maggie and myself, we want to thank our audience, the listeners and the viewers for continuing to, well, not only listen to this episode, but, you know, continuing to support our podcast. And if you are interested in supporting our show, the best way to do it is just tell a friend. Think of one other agent that could benefit from hearing this great interview with Maggie. Send them a link to our show. The couple ways to do that, if they don't listen to podcasts, just send them to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode we've ever done, you can stream right from our website. You don't need to have a podcast app. Just listen there. Or if they are a podcast person, have them pull up their podcast app, whichever one they use, and do a search for Keeping It Real and hit the subscribe button, and we'll keep producing episodes uh, like this. So Maggie, thank you so, so much. And also, please, everyone, go visit Maggie's website to see what a really nice realtor website looks like, which is maggieives.com. And please also follow her on Instagram, see how she talks about her properties and her clientele, uh, which is at Maggie Ives Realtor. Again, that's I-V-E-S. So Maggie Ives Realtor on Instagram. And you can find all of her social media on her website as well, MaggieIves.com. Maggie, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, we do too. All right. All right. All right. We'll see everyone on the next episode. Okay. Bye.